say good morning to all of you. It is always special to be in the presence of the Lord and uh, together with brothers and sisters. As much as it is good to watch a message on the, on the screen, it is much better to be together with uh, brethren in the house of the Lord. I think that's very important. For those of you who are watching on the screen, please make sure that next time you're not just on a screen, but you are going to be right within the people of God. That's what God desires. Today I want to speak about a very, very dear subject to me. <clears throat> and I think it's important for us to understand the plan of God in its wider scope. You know, very often we are hearing people uh, preaching to us just about certain needs that we need to be having met. And people are saying this and the other, and you know, they give us promises. Uh, but we need to understand uh, the plan of salvation in its full scope. While we may not be able to understand everything that God is doing because we are not God, and we are not uh, in his world, which has no limits. We are living in this world that has limitations that has uh, challenges. But it's nevertheless important for us to study scripture and uh, know that uh, God has got something wonderful in mind. Okay? So let us uh, go to the word of God and uh, we are going to read today from scripture. Maybe my brother, can you uh, make the clock start? Okay. All right, otherwise I won't know where I am. Okay, let's go to the scripture uh, in the book of uh, John chapter 16, verse 28. Jesus is speaking here and he says, yes, I came from the Father into the world. And now I leave the world and return to the Father. A very, very important word for us to understand Okay, Jesus has not been born in Bethlehem uh, as it's his beginning. Yes, of course, Jesus, the son of man, was born in Bethlehem, but he was before. He was before the foundation of the world. He was always with the Father. He was always with the Spirit of the Lord. So Jesus says, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Okay, now let's uh, go back to uh, scripture again in the book of Daniel, the Old Testament, one of the prophets, one of the powerful young men that grew in wisdom and strength in the Lord. And of course, he was discovered even by the rulers of the Babylonian kingdom and the kingdoms that followed as somebody who was reliable, as somebody they could be able to work with very well. So Daniel chapter 7 verse 9 says, As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the angels, ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming as fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. Okay, when you talk about... Uh, God, you know, when you are seeing 
uh, the reality of God, there are always things that you cannot fully understand. Okay? Uh, there are certain things which we can relate to. Okay? We can relate to the hair that was white like wool. We can relate to the clothing that white, was white as snow. Even so, we don't have snow here. <laughs> okay? But we know the whiteness of snow. Uh, we can uh, relate to the flaming of fire that uh, he said that his throne was flaming his fire. But then it says, and its wheels were all ablaze. Now, wheels, what kind of wheels? Okay, so you, you come to a point where you are limited, where you don't fully understand, where you are somehow wondering, what is this all about? Okay, and uh, this will always be the case when you study uh, the nature of God, because we are human, and God is God, okay? So never think you understand everything about God because you won't. I won't. Nobody will, okay? We all have to learn constantly <coughs> so, <coughs> so that we understand uh, the very uh, nature of God better and better. And you know, when you are a baby, uh, you see your mom and your dad, but you will not understand so much. But the more you grow up, the more you are, you know, able to capture uh, about the nature of mom and dad, okay? And that is, that is what is true even in the spiritual realm, you know, we will not know everything about the nature of God, but the, as, as more as we grow in the spiritual realm, you know, in our spiritual life, the more we will also be able to understand our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God. And that's why it is so important that we learn, that we grow, okay? And uh, when we hear uh, the Word of God, it is bread to our spirit, you know? The Bible says that uh, we are not living by the bread of this world alone, but we are living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so it's very important that we, uh, you know, feed on the, on the very Word of God. Okay, so we have seen thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. So in other words, what we are seeing here is that there are administrations in the world of God, okay? God does not always do one thing. He is doing different things at different times. And at this time, the Bible says he took his seat on the throne of God. And there, were not only, there was not only one throne, but there were thrones set in place. Okay, let me read further in the book of Daniel, and please, I can not read the whole chapter, but uh, study the whole chapter uh, in your own time at home and uh, learn more about what God is saying to us. Now, verse 13, the Bible says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days, and was led into his presence. Now, this is now a, a continuation of what we have seen first. You know, first, uh, the ancient of days took his throne, he sat down, and we have seen all of these powerful uh, things around, like the fire that was flaming and the wheels that were all ablaze. And then Daniel sees that there was someone like a son of man, 
And you know, when you read uh, the Gospels, especially the Gospel of, of, of uh, Luke, you find that uh, that uh, phrase, the Son of Man, is constantly being used for Christ. Okay? Uh, John refers to him as the Son of God. Uh, Luke refers to him as the Son of Man. Very, very important. Okay? So the Bible says here that there was someone like a son of man. And coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Praise God. So now we are seeing another element in this, uh, in this uh, powerful vision that God gives to Daniel. And you know, uh, God had this written for us so that we learn from it, that so that we go deeper in the understanding of God and his uh, administration. There were certain things that God showed Daniel which he told him not to write. Just like later on, John was uh, seeing things that he wrote in the book of Revelation, but there are other things which he said, no, don't write this. This will be for uh, another time, for another season, not right now. And I think it's very important for all of us to understand that in God, you know, there are times, there are seasons, uh, and he's uh, very much uh, going to follow uh, the plan that he has made according to uh, what he has laid down from eternity past. So clearly, the Bible tells us that the Son of Man was approaching the Ancient of Days and he was led into his presence. Okay, who led him into his presence? You know, they were uh, messengers, angels, seraphim, cherubim. We don't know so many of these creatures that God has made long before we were made. And uh, they are serving God. And they were waiting more like a, a reception committee. When the Son of Man came, they were expecting him. They were waiting for him. You know, from a, from a human perspective, from an earthly perspective, perspective, we have heard that Jesus was saying, I came from my Father into this world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father, okay? This is what the disciples were able to see when they were together with him in the book of Acts. You can read that, you know, as uh, Jesus was speaking to them, his last words, you know, very important words. Uh, then finally, he, he was taken away from them. And the Bible says a cloud hit him, so they could no longer see him. And then two men, in white, again, these were messengers of God. You know, a messenger means an apostle, a sent one. Okay, they were probably uh, mighty angels. And they spoke to the, to the disciples and said, what are you uh, gazing into the sky, you know? You must know that he will come in the same way as he has been taken from you. He will return back to us. And of course, you know, many of us, we have... Uh, been reading this many times before. If you are reading the book of uh, Thess to the, uh, Thessalonians, 
they had some confusion amongst them because some of the people said, oh, Jesus has already come. Okay? And, and, and in history, you know, many people said, no, he must come now. He must come now. Okay? Some people were uh, telling their followers, you know, some, some so-called prophets uh, told his, their, prophet, their, their followers, let's go on the mountain because Jesus is coming on such and such a day. And so they went to the mountain. And this was not a one-day or one-time occurrence. Such things happen many times. That's why, you know, you must know that you don't follow every voice that comes to you, but only the voice that is uh, confirmed to be from the Lord, okay? And you can confirm that, whether it's from the Lord. Don't just follow any, any voice anyhow, because it might mislead you. Okay, so people have been waiting for Jesus, and of course we are waiting for Jesus, and it's good for us to remember that Jesus will come back. He said so. But he will not come when we want him to come. He comes according to his own timetable. Okay? He comes when the time has fully come. Okay, we, we read in the book of Genesis, you know, right in the beginning of Scripture, as Adam and Eve had sinned, and God spoke to Adam, God spoke to Eve, and finally God spoke to the serpent. And then he tells the serpent, and of course this serpent was not just the creature that we know at that time. It was actually a, a, a powerful creature that was walking on legs just like us, okay, or maybe like other uh, creatures. Uh, but then God told the serpent that it will crawl on its belly. So in other words, that was a part of the of the, uh, of the curse. And the scientists have discovered that snakes do have, uh, you know, certain, uh, certain bone structures which shows that there must have been legs at one time. But now they don't have legs, and we know that. That's why they are going through the grass like that, okay? And of course, uh, I think all of us, I hope so, all of us are not friends of snakes, you know? I'm always getting doubtful about people who are, who are in love with snakes, there's something wrong, okay? Because the Bible tell, tells us very clearly there will be enmity between your seeds, okay? The seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, okay? And that is true, by and large. You know, when you see a snake, uh, you're not saying, okay, come and uh, visit me at my home, I've got some tea for you. Uh, we don't do that, okay? Uh, if, if we can't uh, kill it, maybe we run away from it, okay? Uh, but definitely we are not friends of serpents, okay? But then Jesus said something very important as he was addressing the serpent, okay? Uh, after he spoke to Eve, he said something very, very important uh, to the serpent. Let me just read what I've just been explaining. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. Okay? That's why the, 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 the serpent is on a belly. Okay? The, the serpent was not created like that. It was a result of the curse. And then he says, and I will put an enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, we must uh, carefully 
uh, dissect this scripture and understand what God is saying here. God is saying, okay, there will be enmity between, you know, uh, the offspring of the woman and the offspring of, of, of the serpent. That you can take it in a literal way, you know, and that is still true even today. But it's also true in a spiritual way, you know, because uh, the serpent is always trying to mislead us, you know, trying to lead us astray, trying to come with, with good promises and uh, telling us all kinds of nice things that we like to hear. You know, the, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh is being appealed to and then we do things that we shouldn't do. So there's always that enmity between the serpent and uh, between that which God had actually uh, meant us to be. <clears throat> and so God says there will be enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. Other translations say between her seeds and your seeds. Okay, and, and that is very important because now Jesus talks about the seed, but it's not the seed uh, that, you know, we have as human beings. Because we must understand he addressed the serpent and the woman. Okay, and the woman does not have seed. The woman has a womb which receives seed. Okay, and that's how a child is being born. So why does God talk about the seed of the woman? Okay, what, uh, what God is talking about is one particular seed that comes from above, that comes from God. Okay, and that seed is the son of And he will crush your head. Okay, he, that is a man, that is a person. You understand? Now, there were many children born, you know, and probably Eve uh, hoped, maybe uh, when she had Cain, uh, she, she probably hoped together with Adam this would be the one who brings uh, the salvation, who would crush the head of the serpent. Uh, actually, the name of Cain means the acquired one. So probably they, they thought this is the one, okay? The seed of the woman. But of course, he was not the seed of the woman. He was the seed of Adam, okay? And as such, he was not the savior. Actually, he was... Uh, Worse than that, because he was even killing his own brother, okay? And I think uh, Adam and Eve must have recognized <clears throat> uh, that uh, it wasn't really, it wasn't really uh, the salvation they were hoping it would come, uh, but uh, <clears throat> very soon they came to recognize uh, that maybe they misunderstood what, what they were hearing, because Abel means uh, mist, some, some, something that comes and goes, okay? So they misunderstood the Savior should come now, 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 okay? But the Savior didn't come in the book of Genesis. He didn't come in the book of Exodus. The, the, the Savior didn't come through the Psalms and the, and, the, and the prophets. The Savior came only when the time had fully come. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 tells us when God's time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, to redeem us, you know, under the, under the law, to redeem us from the curse of sin and make us to be sons of God. This is powerful, okay? So, you know, many times we misunderstand God. God says something, but we <clears throat> misunderstand him. We think because he has spoken now, then it must happen now. 
You see, many of us, we may have sometimes uh, received a promise of God, and maybe we are very excited that God has given us that promise, and then we are waiting. Okay? And then, you know, uh, it doesn't come the way we want it to happen. So we are becoming tired. We are going to God. We knock at his door and says, why, why, why? You know, when is this going to happen? When is it going to come? And it doesn't come. Okay? <clears throat> Let me tell you, <clears throat> in my own life, I've heard promises of God. God has given me a vision many, many years ago. And uh, some aspects of that vision have been fulfilled. Others have not. Of course, and sometimes you wonder, God, why, why are you not uh, fulfilling your own promise? It's not, it's not coming from my own heart. It's not something which I was just having wishful thinking about. But you told me, and some of the things actually came to pass. Others didn't come to pass. Simply because <clears throat> we do not understand how God works. Okay? God works in ways that are beyond our natural understanding. And it's important that we realize that. Okay? So if at one time or the other God has promised you something great and you are, you are very excited and then eventually you become tired and you think, ah, maybe I misunderstood, maybe I didn't hear. <clears throat> wait upon the Lord. That's why the Bible tells us time and again <clears throat> that we should wait upon the Lord. Because God has his own timetable. Okay, not your timetable, his timetable. And so when the time had fully come, God sent his son. Not when Adam or Eve were hoping it would happen, but when the time had fully come. So it's important that we understand that. So let's understand Jesus came from the father who loved these worlds. And Jesus says very clearly, I came from the father into this world because Jesus was the gift of the Father to all of us. Why? Because he loved this world so much that he didn't want us to be lost forever, but be restored to the very presence of God, to the very family of God. <clears throat> so God had planned good things for mankind, and the Bible tells us that he planned these things even before the creation of the world. Okay? Time and again you can read uh, phrases like before the cre creation of the world, before, you know, he made the world. Okay? The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But it was not the beginning of God. It was be the beginning of the heavens and the earth. You understand? When God created man, it was the beginning of man, not the, the beginning of God. God is eternal. He was from ancient times. Okay? And the Bible talks about aeons or eternities, okay, which we fully cannot understand as human beings because, you know, we are living in time, so we cannot even understand one eternity, let alone multiple eternities. So often we get stuck in our limited understanding. So God planned good things, great blessings, great grace for all of those who he loved, who he, whom he made in his own image and likeness. That was human beings. But the good treasures could no longer flow when man disobeyed and turned his back on God, walked away from God. 
okay? Sin clocked the pipeline of grace and love. And man was now out on his own, okay? Eventually he was even expelled from the Garden of Eden, uh, the wonderful place that God had prepared especially for man because he loved him so much. Yet the intent of God did not change. And I want you to understand that. The intent of God is to bless you. The intent of God is his love for you. Okay? He's not changing just because maybe you, you make something foolish at one time or the other. You do something that he said you should not do. He still loves us. And because he loves us, he has found a solution, you know, in order to rectify the problem in our personal lives. God loves us passionately. And that's why he has done so much in order to bring us back to his own heart, to his own life. <clears throat> so in God's plan, there was long ago a provision, long before Adam and Eve walked away from God, sinned and uh, forgot about the presence of God. God had already made provision for this kind of scenario. And the Bible tells us that Christ, you know, the Messiah is being, has been crucified even before the foundation of the world. Now, again, this is one of the, one of the scriptures that you may have difficulties to understand. So how, how, how can this happen, you know? But this is what God says, and this is what happened. So in other words, the Savior was there before the need for salvation. Are you with me? So if you slip tomorrow and something bad happens in your life, uh, let me assure you, the Savior is already there, okay? You know, we human beings, we are mo mostly reactive. You know, when something happens, then we cry, oh, no, please, where are you? Help me, okay? But in reality, the Savior is already there even before you fall, okay? Even before you have uh, that, you know, challenge in your life that brings you to the ground. And, you know, in one way or the other, we can see this, in our families. Those of you who are adults and have children, you know that. Very often you see your children beginning to walk, you know, and uh, then you can see them doing something and you know they will fall, okay? You know very soon they are on the ground. You may be rushing there and trying to stop them falling, but they are already on the ground. I'm sure you have seen that, isn't it? As parents, we have all seen that, okay? So you knew, <clears throat> but then you are there as a parent in order to lift them up, in order to encourage them, or in order to bring them back. And that's, that's really powerful. So we should, not, we should not be afraid that God has forgotten about us. Actually, he was a savior before there was sin. Okay? Tell your neighbor, he was a savior before there was sin. Okay, this should be really implanted into your heart. Because this is, this is the truth that we are taught from the Word of God. Okay, so many people are giving up because they say, ah, I've gone too far. And you know, there's a devil uh, very close to you, some, like a bird sitting on your shoulder who says, ah, you, you can't come back to God. What you have done is too bad. So better, better run away. Okay, but that's a lie. You see, the, the same devil who is trying to tempt us and is tempting us so that we do the wrong thing, he's also telling us now, 
it's beyond repair. Now it's beyond redemption. And he's a liar, okay? He's always a liar. He's a liar when he tempts you and he's a liar when he tells you that you cannot be restored. Please don't, don't forget that. It's very important. So, when sin came, God sent the Christ. So, you must understand, you know, we call Jesus, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is not the first name of Christ who is a family name. Actually, Christ means the anointed one. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, he's called the Messiah, which is meaning the same thing, the anointed one. Okay? So, Christ is the anointed one. And so he was the anointed one of God. So he was and is God. He was willing to become human, just like us, so that he could save us from our sin. Because God could have not saved us, okay? Not without having a man on the earth. Now, this is something, of course, you may not understand easily. Okay, but it's very important that we understand that. Okay, God plays by the rules. Okay, God has given Adam responsibilities. He has given him authority. He has given him dominion. And fortunately, he lost all of that. Okay, so if God would have come to slap Satan and uh, kick him out, Satan would have said, you are not playing by the rules. Because you are God, you're not a man, okay? I, I dealt with man, and man agreed with me. So you can't come in, and that is true, okay? So God could not come in as God. He needed to come in as a man. And that's why the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam, okay? We know Adam was without sin. God created him in that way, and Adam and Eve, they had a wonderful relationship and fellowship with the living God. They enjoyed the cool of the day when they were walking with God, okay? But then all of a sudden, when they sinned, that was severed, that was cut. That relationship was no longer possible. Adam sinned. And every creature that was born from a womb of a woman, you know, from Adam's seat, is a sinner. Okay, so none of us can be able to fight uh, Satan from the same level where uh, Satan lost the battle. I mean, where, where uh, Adam lost the battle together with his wife Eve. Okay, they didn't have sin, so they could have walked away from Satan and says, no, you are lying. But unfortunately, they fell for that. And so it needed another Adam, okay, another man. Adam means man, okay? And that's why Jesus is called the son of man. He was another Adam, another man who came in order to save man from their sin. And because he was without sin, he was the only one who could be able to stand and fight the battle against sin, against Satan uh, in his life. Let me read from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, again, was a prophet living more than 700 years before Christ came. 
And uh, in Isaiah chapter 43, we read, uh, and this is God speaking here. He says, I, even I, am the Lord. And apart from me, there is no Savior. Okay, so this is Christ before he came into this world. I, even I, am the Lord. And apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days, I am he. Okay, whenever God says I am, that is the name of God. I am who I am. And so this is coming in here as well. I am the Lord. I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Okay? So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient of days, I am he. Praise God. So in other words, Jesus has been, you know, born into this world, but before Jesus was born, there was the Son of God. There was the Christ. There was the Anointed One. Who is God from eternity past? And God sent him to become man. Okay? Born from a virgin. And this is exactly lining up to the promise of God uh, that he even spoke to the serpent. When he comes, the seed of the woman. Okay, that is Christ. He will crush your head. Even so, you will strike his heel. And he, that is a re reference to Jesus being crucified and dying on a cross. Okay? So yes, Satan managed to strike his heel. But he couldn't kill him. Okay? He was dead as a human being. But he could not be killed as a son of the living God. And so, when he went into the grave... Death could not get a grip on him because there was no sin. You know, death can hold us because we have sinned. But when death was trying to hold Jesus, it was powerless. It couldn't hold Jesus. And that's why he rose again. So for him, it was not uh, the power of Satan who brought him to the grave, but it was his own willingness you know, the Bible, Jesus says, I will lay my life down and I will take it up again. Okay? So he was not overwhelmed by old age. He was not overwhelmed by an incurable disease. He was not overwhelmed by an accident. No, he was laying down his life for each and every one of us. Okay? And when he was in the grave, he made declarations to those who had been uh, there in the grave before us, okay, before him. And he made this declaration that finally the Savior has come. Good news for all those who were righteous, bad news for all those who rebelled against God. So let's understand, see, Jesus could not be born from a man's seed. He needed to be born from God's seed so that he would not be subject to sin, but that he would be able to bring salvation to all of us, become the, sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb of God, 
And of course, we read so much about the Lamb of God. When you go into the book of Isaiah, you know, uh, again, who lived uh, almost 750 years before Christ, he talks very, very clearly about the Lamb of God as if he had seen a video, as if he had seen a, a movie about him. That's how, how much clarity the prophet had when he had a revelation, when he had a vision about uh, the sacrificial lamb of God, the one who would carry away the sin of the world, the one who would be led to the slaughter and, uh, you know, would be taking up our iniquity and our sin. You know, you must read this scripture, 50, uh, Isaiah 52, towards the end and then 53. It's a very, very powerful insight, almost like a movie uh, playing in front of you. And yet, Isaiah never saw this come to pass in his lifetime. Maybe when he saw this, he said, wow, good. Maybe it will happen next year or in two years' time or in 10 years' time. But it never happened. It only happened when the time of God had fully come. Okay? God has his timetable. And that's very important that we understand that. So God prepared a script for his work in our world. This is good, okay? God prepared the script. You know, when, when, when the people do movies these days, okay, uh, they don't just go on the, in front of the camera and just say whatever they think they can say. No, they follow a script. And if you can't remember your lines, then you cannot be an actor, okay? Because you must, you must follow the script. Okay, so whatever is happening on a, on a, on a movie, and some, some of us, we are spending too much time in front of movies instead of watching the movie of God, okay? Because the scripts that people produce, sometimes they are rather useless, okay? So don't waste your time on such things. You know, they are, of course, appealing to your, your flesh. But uh, God has given us a script in Scripture, and it's good for us to study it and discover that script. Because we will be able to understand things in a, in a very different way because God is in control, he's in charge. He's powerfully on the throne. Amen? So Jesus follows the script. He knows what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had planned even before the foundation of the world. And so he will always do what is according to the script. And that's why Jesus spent so much time in prayer, okay? Because he wanted to hear from the Father, uh, okay, where are we on the script right now, okay? Because he was a human being, so he didn't know everything, just like you and me. We cannot know and hear from his word. We need to uh, be in close contact with the living God in prayer, so that we hear, what is it that God has prepared for me at this particular time? It's very important. And Jesus did that. And that's why he was always, you know, in human terms, we would say, successful. Okay? Whatever he did worked out. He, he never said, okay, you know, blind eyes open, and then they, they said, no, but I still can't see. No. Always when Jesus was acting, when Jesus was working, it worked, okay? 
would you, would you stand in front of a grave and say, my friend, come out? You know? That's what Jesus did. He said, Lazarus, come out! And he shouted in a loud voice. And uh, this was not a guessing game uh, that Jesus said, okay, is he coming or is he not coming? No, Jesus knew he's coming. Okay, he's coming. And that's what faith is all about, you know? That is what... What, what happens when you know the script of God and when you do things according to what God told you, okay? Don't use your imagination. You know, a lot of people, they have vision according to their imagination. But if you hear what God told you and you do what he told you, it will happen. It will come to pass. You know, let me say something here. You know, the other day we had a, a session in our, in our school and I was talking about uh, vision. You know, sometimes uh, we do get vision, even as human beings, and even vision from God. But then we are jumping to conclusions, okay? God says something, and then we say, oh, if this happens, then maybe this and this is going to, to also be happening. But now this is our imagination, you understand? So we always need to learn to differentiate. What has God actually said? And what have you dreamed about? Okay, so what God has actually said will definitely come to pass. But what you have dreamed about may not happen. Okay, and that's where sometimes we get discouraged, you know, because uh, we, we are having difficulties to separate the, the spirit from that which is of the flesh. Okay, God says one thing, but we are making three things out of it. The one thing that God says is going to come to pass, but the two things that you're making out of it, on top of the one, uh, they're not coming to pass. And then you get discouraged, but why not this, why not this? Okay, and we are all learning on, on this very issue, you know, I have, I have learned from that, you know, I have sometimes heard God saying one thing uh, or the other very clearly, and of course I concluded because this, then there must be this, but it may not be. It may not be in the way you think it should be, okay? There was a, a, a dear pastor who gave me a, a word of prophecy many, many years ago. He's uh, late for many years. And it was an encouragement. And uh, the vision that he gave me, and I don't want to tell you the, the, the actual content, but the vision that he gave me was very exciting, and I translated in, it in my own thinking, okay? But later on, God corrected me and says, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I had in mind. What, what this vision was all about was X, Y, Z, not A, B, C. Okay? And so we have to learn. You understand? So not everything that you interpret as a vision from God is actually a vision from God. Some of it, you know, is being mixed with our own uh, ideas, with our own imagination. So God has a script. And it's very important that we understand that. You see, God is never going to react. You know, many times we are people who react, isn't it? If somebody slaps you, you slap him back. That's reaction. And Jesus said, when somebody slaps you, don't react, but act. And say, okay, you can slap me on the other side as well. Okay? Uh, this is the whole thing. We human beings, we react. And, and, and we actually want God to react. You know, like you have heard many people uh, have always asked the questions, maybe you and me as well, 
when something bad happens, maybe there's a war and many people die, or maybe there's an earthquake and many people die, or maybe there's a flood and people, tens of thousands of people are swept into the sea, like it all happened just very recently. All of these things have happened, and they are continuing to happen. And you say, what? why does God allow this to happen? Okay, let me tell you, God does not allow it to happen. We have made it to happen. You know, we have destroyed this earth. And the Bible talks about it in another scripture. I can't go into that. Maybe another time we look at that. Okay, we have destroyed the climate. That's why we have got climate change. We have polluted the world to an extent that the world is, is really in trouble. And uh, what we are seeing is the world, the, the earth, uh, you know, fighting back. He said, if you do this to me, you will see what I'm going to do to you. And let me tell you, the earth is stronger than you. The earth has been there from, I don't know how long, you know, ancient times. You, you have only come into being, you know how old you are, <laughs> okay. Maybe 30 years ago, 50 years ago, or whatever. Maybe 20 years ago, whatever the case may be. Uh, the earth has seen a lot of things in the past. And you know, the earth has got a mechanism that is able to protect itself. You know, during the COVID crisis, it was very interesting that uh, the, the, you know, the air pollution that is constantly being checked was completely changing because <clears throat> all of a sudden, there were very few planes that were flying. Very uh, or fewer cars that were on the road polluting the earth. And uh, it was like, uh, like a holiday for the earth, okay? Because the earth could breathe again. And as soon as the COVID crisis was over, we have just gone back to throw all the dirt again into, into the atmosphere. And that's why we have those those uh, reactions from the, the earth in which we are in. So let me tell you, God is not reacting. God is acting according to his timetable. Okay, let me read a scripture for you. <clears throat> Very important scripture. This you find it in the book of Acts chapter 2. Okay. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one, saying, let us break their chains. Okay, let us break their chains. That means God's chains. Whatever God said, we break it. And this is what we see today in an alarming way. Anything that was right 100 years ago, they have disturbed it. They have turned it away. You know, they have broken it. You know, whether it's marriage, whether it's uh, the sanity of growing up as a man or as a woman, it's all broken. Okay? I don't want to go further. Okay, you can get in trouble. So, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. Okay, so in other words, this is uh, assuming that God is keeping us bound. But no, God is not keeping us bound. God has given us freedom, isn't it? We have got life, and we have it more in abundance when we only come to Jesus. And of course, they don't want you Jesus. So the Bible says they conspire against God. 
They rise against the anointed one. That is against the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? <clears throat> and so why does God not hit back? You wonder, why is God not hitting back? You know, if, 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 if this would be done to you, you would uh, try to find a, a way to defend yourself. Isn't it? But the Bible says in the next verse, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. Okay? The Lord's... Okay, God is not a very serious person who is always uh, having a long face. No, actually God is a very joyful uh, individual. Okay? That's why the Bible says rejoice, and I say it again, rejoice. Okay? So God says the one enthroned in heaven laughs. Okay? Because he knows... Whatever they are trying to do, it will come to nothing. Okay? It will all fall away sooner or later. Like you can read the, uh, the, the, the word in the book of uh, Daniel chapter 2, where Daniel sees that mighty powerful, uh, you know, statue with a head of gold. And, you know, you can actually read it in, in chapter 2. And, and then eventually, you know, he's a... Um, he's, um, admiring that, that stature. <clears throat> it's powerful. And then, of course, God explains that these are different kingdoms that are coming on the earth. And then, at last, finally, he sees that without the human hand, a stone is being released from the mountains. A stone and is hitting on the feet that were of clay and of iron. And the whole mighty, powerful stature collapsed. And the Bible tells us that nothing was left. The wind took away everything. You know, everything that was so mighty and so powerful that looked like something, but at the end was nothing. And that's what God means when he says, without me, you can do nothing. He says, what? I built this stature. Okay, wait, wait for a while. What will happen to your stature? You know, without me, you can do nothing. And so, let us not try to attempt things without God, okay? Because, let's not forget, God is on the throne. And if we do things in our own way, he laughs at us. He scoffs at us. He said, okay, carry on, carry on, carry on. If you don't want to listen to me, you'll see what comes out. And what, I, what comes out is disaster. Only when we cooperate with God, only when we cooperate with his timetable will things work out in a perfect way. So God will do his work according to his eternal plan and even judgment does not come now because you have done something bad. No, it comes at his own appointed time. Okay? And praise God, this is the good thing, you know, because if God would immediately judge, then who could be saved? If you would have been judged for your wrongdoing when you did it, then you would never have the opportunity to get saved. Am I not right? Okay, so even judgment has its own time. And the Bible tells us that very, very clearly even in his, uh, in his word. Let me read from Daniel chapter 7, verse 19. Or let me just read verse, John chapter 8, verse 18 first. <clears throat> the Bible says here, and yet I do not judge. Okay, Jesus said, I do not 
Yet if, you know, he tells the people, I do not judge. But if I judge, and that will be happening, not at the time when Jesus was on earth, but he says, but if I judge, or when I judge, my judgment is true, for I'm not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. Now let's, let's remember this and go to the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 19. And the Bible says here, Daniel, you know, wanted to know the true meaning of the false beast, which was different from the others, and, uh, and most terrifying, with its iron teeth and bronze claws, the beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up before which, uh, which, uh, before which three of them fell, the horn that looked more imposing than the others and the eyes and the mouth that spoke, spoke boastfully. Now, uh, read the whole chapter because some of these things, you know, refer to the other things that were written earlier on but I don't want to go into details about that. You know, you can read the book of Revelation, you can book the, read the book of Daniel, you get a lot of this information. <clears throat> but then Daniel says, as I watched, this horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them. Okay, so if you are in a battle in your spiritual life, don't be surprised. It's in the script, okay? but we are not defeated for good, okay? And the Bible says, the horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them until the ancient of days came and pronounced judgment. Praise the Lord. Judgment will come at God's time, according to God's timetable, okay? And what happens in that judgment, okay? The Bible says, until the ancient of days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints, that, that means you and me, the saints of the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're in a struggle, okay? Sometimes you feel like losing out. But God is judging in our favor. Praise the Lord. God is judging mightily and powerfully in our favor, in your favor, so that you can be able to possess the kingdom. Isaiah 64 verse 4, it says, since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those, now listen, he acts on behalf of those who what? who wait for him. That's powerful. You know, that's, that's what we must understand. We must wait for him. Because sometimes we are ahead of God, sometimes we are behind, but we must wait for his timetable. And that's what Jesus was able to do perfectly well. That's why whatever he did was resulting in great actions, okay? He delivered, he healed. He fed, the poor, he fed the, the hungry. You know, whatever he did, it worked. Because he was timetable for Jesus, for the timetable of God. And as much as God has a, had a timetable for Jesus, he has a timetable for you and me as well. 
Only sometimes we are so dull not to understand what God is saying, okay? We are not taking enough time to really get a, big, a greater understanding. So the prophets of God, you know, when you go and read Isaiah, we read Daniel, read uh, Ezekiel and many others, they always got a certain aspect of what God was doing. Maybe one of the biggest uh, insights was given to Moses when God called him up to the mountain and God showed him his reality in the heavens, okay? Now, we don't know what he saw, okay? But then what he saw, he was told to replicate it on the earth, okay? And that was the way of salvation laid out before him. You know, from the sinful life of man coming to the outer court where sin is being atoned for through a sacrifice. And then the blood being taken into the holy place and eventually even in the most holy place. And that signifies the salvation that was prepared by God for all of us. You know, God wanted the people of Israel to understand, unfortunately, you know, many of them, maybe most of them, they did not want to understand, okay? They did not take the time to understand. And it's the same today, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus came into his own, you know, he's the light of the world, but the people love darkness more than the light. It's a very sad state of affairs, isn't it? So, when we study scripture, you know, then we can put the puzzle together, okay? We can understand the plan of God better because you get a piece of puzzle here, you get a piece of puzzle here, you get a piece of puzzle here, and eventually you see the picture, okay? I'm sure we have all done puzzles in the past, okay? I remember when I was, when I was young, you know, uh, I can't remember when that was. It was, I was very young, and they gave me a puzzle, and it had uh, a few pieces, and I put a few pieces together very quickly. And I said, I want another one. Then they gave me another one later, you know, and it had more puzzle pieces. And it was more difficult to put it together. And then I remember the last, the last uh, puzzle uh, that I remember as uh, maybe teenagers we got from somebody was a thousand pieces. And you know, a thousand pieces lining up properly is not easy. So we struggled for, for weeks. And then there were certain pieces left, but they didn't fit anywhere. Okay, why didn't they fit anywhere? Because we had taken some other pieces somewhere where they were not supposed to be. Okay? So it took us time to discover where did we piece, uh, put, put a piece of puzzle in the wrong place. And eventually it was, it was finished. But that's how we should learn to understand the plan of God. You know, this is why God has given us all these insights through Isaiah, who saw the Lamb of God. Through Moses, who saw the tabernacle of God. You know, through Isaiah, who saw the glory of God, you know, uh, in, in, in amazing ways. Or, or who saw uh, the, the valley full of dry bones. And he saw how they came together again. You know, all of these are pieces of the puzzle that God is telling us. And then we come into the New Testament and you know, the New Testament and the Old Testament is the same puzzle, okay? The plan of God laid out. We need to understand 
the New Testament on the basis of the Old Testament. This belong together. Okay? Even so, we are now in the era of the New Testament. What these other men and women of God saw in the Old Testament is very crucial for us to get a, bit of, a bigger picture and a greater understanding. So God's prophets were able to see aspects of the whole picture. They didn't see the whole picture. In fact, today we are more privileged because we have the whole scripture, the whole Bible in front of us and we can study and we can put the puzzle together and we can understand it in a greater way than anyone else before us, you know, could ever understand it. Because many things that God has spoken about, they have also been evolving, they have been happening around us. Now let's never forget, God will bring all things he planned to its finished, to its finish, okay? Let me just quickly refer to the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 46, uh, verse 9. Remember the former things, these long ago. I'm, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, but is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. Listen to this. God says my purpose will stand. No matter what, it will come to pass. My purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Praise God. So God has a timetable and he follows his timetable. He will work until everything that he has promised is going to be done. So Daniel gives us a great insight about the ancient of this who sat on the throne, you know, arranged the thrones and then waiting for the sun to come and then the son of man came and he was taken, ushered into the presence of God. And you know, we read again and again that all this was in favor for the saints. Okay? The Bible says in Daniel 7, 18, but the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever and ever and ever. Praise God. Isn't that powerful? So you have got a great future. Tell your neighbor, you have got a great future. <clears throat> okay. Even if you should have slipped somewhere, you know, there's already a Savior waiting for you to receive you and cleanse you and make you fit for that kingdom that God has prepared for all of us. All power and all honor is bestowed about him. Okay? And we are able to relate to him in such a powerful way because we are sons of the living God. Let me close with Revelation chapter 21, verse 6 and 7. He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who's, who 
is thirsty, I will give to drink, without cost, from the springs of the water of life. He who overcomes, <clears throat> okay, so that means there is something to be overcome, okay, otherwise you don't have to be overcoming. And there are struggles that we have, okay, no question about it. You're not the only one. You, say, you, you may say to God, why me, why me, why me? No, you're not the only one. We are all going through hard stuff. We all struggle, okay? But the word of God says, he who overcomes those struggles, you know, those who, who are, you know, things that are in your, in your way. And, uh, of course, the Bible tells us also how we can overcome because in Christ Jesus we overcome all of them far, you know, according to the book of Romans chapter 8. So he who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Praise the Lord. He will be our God, and we will be his son. Okay, all of us. Okay? Remember, there's no more gender there. There's no more male and female there. But we are all being sons in the house of God. And you know, <clears throat> this is why Jesus gives us the prayer that we should pray, okay? We must learn that, you know, that we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. As it is in heaven, that's how it is to be replicated on earth. There are many people who are praying, let my will be done, you know, and they give a shopping list to the Lord and say, this is what I want, this is what I want. Now, you need to come now, now, now. Okay, no, actually that is not how God works. God works according to his timetable. And the reality of heaven must become the reality of earth. Okay, as it is in heaven. You know, that's how it should be replicated on the earth. May God bless you. Okay, I hope you have understood the Son of Man and the work of the Son of Man and the engine of days, okay, as he is judging in our favor, okay, as he is receiving Christ back to the right-hand side of his throne. This is powerful. If you have not understood it, please listen to it again. You know, some of the things that we hear one time, we have not learned it. You know, even in school, there are things that you are not learning by hearing it once. You must go back to it and listen over and over again. You know, repetition is the mother of all learning, isn't it? And that's why Jesus taught his disciples, not once, but he taught them over and over again. Certain things he repeated because they had to learn it. And that's true for us as well. So may God bless you as you learn to put the puzzle together, okay? Understanding the, the script of God, the plan of God. In modern language, I would say the movie of God, okay? Understand what God has in mind. Don't push him to do something for which the time has not yet come. But wait for him. It will come at his time. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord our God, we are so grateful that we have scripture, that we have your word that gives us insight into the wonderful plan that you have made for all of us as human beings. 
Thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you do care for us. Lord, that you will judge in our favor, that you will give us your kingdom. And even so, that may not happen today or tomorrow. Lord, we wait for it because you promised that it will come to pass. Whether it's now, whether it's in the future, whether it's in our lifetime or after, we trust you that everything that you have said will come to pass. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. <clears throat> and everyone say, Amen.